G and it is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. So this week's Monday Mood is Jay Williams Jay. Go and follow him on TikTok. He talks about everything, anything, but in a very direct and not aggressive approach to just telling people and educating people. I think that there's so many good examples of that that I follow, and here is one. So aside from that, let's talk about Iran because Iran is still in the news, and we still need to keep that going because they're slowly still losing like technology, etc. Also, again, it's just very important we keep these discussions rolling. And then as I get into this week's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Grey's Anatomy yet again, but also Abbott Elementary and just different shows that I've been loving and the parallels that I have slowly noticed that go on within our lives and what is relatable in your 20s and just, you know, kind of things that you go down the rabbit hole when watching these shows and find some relatability with it and so on and so forth. So let's go. So basically, there is just so much going on. Even in episode two of Grey's, the season 19, it is insanity. The parallels that keep going on again. I love Lucas, the nephew, and not just because he's the McDreamy nephew, the McNephew. It's because his storyline so far has been the most relatable, I think, for anyone that is in their 20s and trying to figure out their next step, especially when it comes to having overbearing family members. Not to be mean, but it's accurate when you know you think you've moved on in your life and then suddenly obviously this is one of his only matches to work at Gray Sloan and then now he's surrounded by family which again he is so much like Derek and Amelia but it is just really really funny and also like Alex and DeLuca if you're not talking about family and his dynamic with Amelia has slowly become that Andrea and Karina, DeLuca, the vibes are all there. And Station 19, I will be talking a lot more about this year because, you know, just I've watched every season. But right now there's just so much going on with both sides and we just don't really get too much more info from that. So we just need to know how much of the craziness Jack Gibson reminds me so much of like you know, Link and Mark and all of these characters are just slowly becoming one. And people can say it's becoming one show in a lot of ways, or can we just like keep up with it easier? I don't know. But the point is, Maya's never been my favorite. Let's just start there before I go back into the whole dynamics on Grey's. But Maya has never been one of my favorites. She got more bearable with Karina. And then the whole Karina, Jack, all of them dynamics. But it's just like, I can't deal with her. And people, even if the diehard fans come after me, I am sorry. But can we just at least talk about, though, how much the chemistry at least is in that cast and how much they work well together? Anyway, that was just kind of my takeaway from last week's episode was just it was insanity. I have no freaking clue what's going on in Maya's head. Honestly, yeah, there's parallels between that and the Grey's episode in season six where, you know, Derek did that. I wasn't super happy with Derek either, but in a way when Derek did it, it just seemed like a little less intentional. I don't know. The way that it 
the way Grace did it was so different than the way that Station 19 went about it. And the way that Maya is right now on thin ice anyway, it just... I don't know what else to say about it, except for there's just like a different vibe going on between it. And it's not even just the guy versus the girl. And by the way, I wasn't too happy with Derek and like, you know, the fact that even Meredith like had her opinions to tell him, but they both were in the wrong, I think, as opposed to what Maya's doing is just wrong all over her levels, insanity. And the thing is, without the difference is the fire chief had actually been doing the 12-step stuff. Now, Richard was a recovering alcoholic, but, you know, he was starting to drink more on his own and people were really less knowing what was going on as opposed to in station 19 it's covered completely but I also feel like just the gossiping going on against Bishop I I don't know it's just there's so many layers to where it's got that Venn diagram of similarities and differences that you just don't even begin to realize until you're in the middle of it all And I think that that starts to slowly mess with your mind over time. Also, just knowing Maya's backstory more, it's like, oh, shoot, girl, you are digging even further in. And if you want to follow a good creator who's great about this, it's Mama Erin on TikTok. She, like I mentioned last week, she is fantastic. And just the... Character development and highs and lows of these series are insanity. That being said, going back to Grays, here are some of my predictions that are going to happen this season. I don't know if they will go one way or not. And let me just preface this once again that I should not be shipping anyone with anyone that um, is very much. I am not the best when it comes to doing the shipping of queer characters. So please, 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 please. If you need to comment or message or whatever, let me know because I could be completely wrong about this. But when I talk about vibes I'm getting between and the chemistry between people, I see no chemistry between the guys and girls in this intern class. I see them all becoming like Mare and Alex or Mare and, you know, Avery. They're just the more sibling-y, lovey, kind of dynamic, especially among Simone and Lucas. Lucas seems like the one, though, that would most likely have an incident where he'd hook up with Joe, because somebody suggested that on TikTok, and actually I could see it where Joe got so mad at Ling just with all his stupidity that he's been doing, and so she goes to Joe's bar, and then You know, Lucas is just like this innocent, little, cute, adorable thing that just kind of like catches her eye. I feel like, though, it's not going to be like, you know, Levi Glasses situation. But fun fact, the actor who plays Levi was in a film. I think I mentioned this last week with the guy who plays Lucas. They were in this movie that I thought was like a fever dream because I never saw the whole thing. But I kept seeing the trailer, Harry or something. And... The funny thing is so many other people have seen the same or had the same reaction to me doing that. And so I'm like, okay, so it's not just a fever dream. But here's the thing. People are are trying to ship him with Levi. And just this character in this moment does not feel I think he's written more. 
as a straight guy who is just very clueless about everything. Again, don't quote me on that. Don't get all like whatever. I could be completely wrong. I don't know what Christopher Noth or all these other writers are planning to do. And I botched Katarina's last name last night or last week because here's the thing. I thought it was like Michael Scorsine or Scorsone. And I think it's a butcher because of all the different things in my ADHD, even though, again, I know how to pronounce them correctly. Deep down, I do. And I think that I just want to always apologize in the off chance anyone listens to this. Because, again, like Jake Borelli, that's easy enough. But then it's like you get into the Lucas Adams, like by Nico Trejo. Is that correct? I don't know. Trey, no, train, arrow. It's just different. And then, yeah, I mean, I can pronounce Harry from Glee just why. Because, yeah. Jim Jr., yep, there. And then Adeline Kane, and then Alexis Floyd. There's where it should be easier for me to pronounce a lot of these and try to be correct with that because of how my pronunciation, like I said, with my own last name. So it's been very important to me to try to get that right. That being said, that probably won't go the way that I intended so. But again, the dynamic between everyone is kind of good. I can deal with this. And Midori Francis, I honestly personally, after last week and the week before, see Midori Francis's character, Mika, being like a friends with benefits thing with Lucas. Like that's what I'm calling or a roommate thing. Because Lucas, okay, the last week where he's, his character literally was getting ant. Palooza by especially Amelia because it's Amelia right but the fact of the matter is he (laughs) he can't escape the legacy I think it's really cool that we haven't even really begun to think about this but a lot of people are saying that they want to spin off with Zola and all the Grey Shepherd kids and I kind of like that idea I thought about that idea but it is very interesting to see the black sheep of the family again the nephew McNephew being kind of explored he's definitely got a lot of DeLuca and Alex in him I think aside from you know, the family that he's related to. And you can just tell that he's so done with his aunts, especially Amelia. Because even though, even Maggie's not technically his aunt, though, but he he asked her, oh, we're we doing a valve transplant? And she's like, nope, you're on Scott. Like, I'm kind of loving this era of Maggie. I don't love how she was treating Winston, but I'm loving this era of Maggie who's just like, I'm over it. I'm done. Let's move on forward. Let's just do what you're doing. Very more hands-off, hands-on approach. Like, she's she's just kind of sticking it to it. Kind of like Levi. Like, they're just, they're becoming more straightforward. I don't want to say meaner, but just there. And I also could see potentially a thing happening with Jules or Simone against uh, Helm. Because Helm needs some, yeah, she needs to get back and she needs to find herself more so. She's giving off the energy that is more that Christina Yang vibe that um, we love from season seven, but she actually knows how to do her job. 
I do keep thinking, though, hypothetically, if Derek was there right now, I feel like he'd actually be more like the Christina approach to Lucas. Like, he'd offer, you know, the place for them to stay for a little bit so that he could, you know, get a few nights good night's sleep but he wouldn't be like now mayor's got some of her own things to do but mayor did kind of offer all those kind of things and the way that you know meredith would do because he was also luke this is the favorite nephew all those things and because of close family but amelia is taking care of a lot of things that being said you can tell that when he has amelia which meredith mentioned a little much but he has amelia and meredith probably being like let's take in the stray let's take in the stray i don't mind taking in the stray let him you know stay with us and he's just like over it because the last thing he wants to do is be this kid that doesn't have it under control have him be even though they don't necessarily talk to his mom or parents per se he doesn't want anything getting out and then that leads me to my final thing about the whole beginning of where blue says at the end hey, you know who who Shepard's with right now is Lucas. And Lucas is just sitting there like, I don't know how to answer this. Poor kid cannot catch a freaking break. He's just like, well, if I tell people, there really isn't a better way to explain it because even if he says like, oh, she's a family friend, people would be like, oh, she got in. He got in because of the family friend. Oh, and then if he wants it, gets probably blown by next week with Addie in the picture. Oh, suddenly it's the, uh, wait, your aunt hired you? Your aunt hired you. Your aunt is Chief Anora. Oh, oh, wait, does that mean that, you know, <laughs> Pierce is your aunt too? Like, why is everyone, and, you know, Mika's whole thing last week was, why is everyone married and related to each other? Oh, yeah. Or that was Blue, sorry. And Mika's response is, oh, yeah, because they don't have lives outside of here. So it's just interesting to see that whole takeaway that nobody really understands anymore. But it's so true about everything. And, you know, Mika's definitely got that Derek and Alex vibe in some ways, too. But she also's got the Christina, um, Amelia kind of dark sense of humor. Maybe a touch of Meredith, but, you know, none of them, thank God, have too much of Izzy or George in them. I know before you're going to say George, here's the thing. Levi took the George role on, and Levi's actually better than George, and I still break my heart watching the George scene, all that, but Izzy just got really annoying throughout the whole thing. She was a good doctor, but she just was really annoying. Regardless of all the drama that happened, I just don't personally always like her, and it's not got nothing to do with how Alex left Joe in the end, and it's really funny because, like, I'm thinking through who are my favorite characters, and obviously, I still like Bailey a lot. She's still in my top 10 characters. Obviously, I'd say, like, Meredith and Lexi were my favorites, like, in the earlier season. And Christina, like, those trio, kind of. Um, But as I think about the more seasons that go on, it's really hard to say who's my favorite. I am liking, though, this season a lot to say who is. I really have started to like Joe coming into her own more, holding her ground. 
Again, though, please don't put her with Link, for God's sake. That's just going to be a motherfucking train wreck. Not that it already has been, but they're also ruining Link's character. I just, I cannot with the amount of stuff that's going on over here as I talk about this. It is just insanity. I can't do the ping pong match anymore. I hope Levi, though, there was like a nurse like a season ago or two. I hope they get reconnected. That's that's who I'm shipping. And yeah, so there's like some of the hope for the future. But yeah, I was just thinking about overbearing family and how just yeah, that's the theme of last season where it became like a crazy dysfunctional family. But I've been doing a lot of though the overlaps and it's just freaking hilarious how much they can change the storyline, but it feels like it never really left and I think like going back to the heart of how episodes were made I think that's very good now moving on to other shows that I have beyond love Abbott Elementary let's <laughs> talk about how much I can adore that show and even this week Lisa and Walter had a callback to the parent trap that we all love her as Chessie but the whole cast there is phenomenal I can't get over how hilarious it is and it's just like my comfort show and again Gregory and Jacob are just the most opposite hilarious friendship that I'm here for yes I want Janine and Greg to get together that's not a thing but even then people have started to do these theories of like what like learning disability or neurodivergence that some of these people have. And I'm telling you, I kind of thought Gregory had more OCD, but now people are pointing in the direction of autism or ADHD, and it all makes sense. But can we talk about where I would put Jacob in that mix? Social anxiety he'd have, definitely. I think he's got a touch of ADHD, and I definitely know that Janine has OCD, sensory processing disorder, and Definitely Ava has ADHD because she can't keep her mind off of pop culture and other things. And I don't know much more to say about Mishmamenti and Barbara, but Melissa, Melissa might have some anger issues as we've seen a few times and Barbara's just kind of there like I think she might be the only one there that doesn't have anything sort of going on but she's just a person in life but I like how it's structured like the old versus the new versus just like how schools I think it really opens eyes very similar to kind of like that parks and rec I think it's got more of that vibe than the office but it's giving me that very happiness that I felt watching that show growing up more and I think that it's just a great time to have a show like this and feel good moments again it shows the good the bad the ugly that all these people have in them joining together I honestly love though again Melissa Shimenti is the funniest most secretive person as they like to joke about on the show but she just has this way about her like she clearly cares but she's tougher on the edges but when you finally find out more about her sister it's like oh my gosh and Janine just needs to stop trying to fix everything, which is like, again, the parallel even within Grey's where it seems simpler to fix than it actually is. And I think we all fall into those issues and boundaries are just something that Gen Z and millennials, etc., are slowly starting to learn. Our society was not built on boundaries at all. 
I think the slower and more time we take to learn to do that, the better outcome it will be. But again, I don't know too much more on that because let's face it, it's constantly evolving and changing. But I do think that one thing I can really appreciate is that the teaching approach that last week was shown was um, in Abbott Elementary when a first grader was having a lot of trouble sitting down, probably had a lot of ADHD issues, as someone with ADHD has, where kids still need something engaging. Here's the thing, Gregory eventually decided to add some Bluey, which is the kids' favorite show, and a lot of other kids that age show and then incorporate it into the lesson like those kind of very much engaging help and I could see how enlightening it is and a lot of these stories are probably based off of real life and I just love it and we should give more appreciation obviously to the working class teachers etc Mr. Johnson is hilarious as the janitor i love how he is probably the like biggest voice of reason especially within the guys like he knows exactly and he just straight up tells it and honestly re-watching though the first season how much everyone even though they like to put down jacob a little bit and janine it at least goes to show though how tightly woven they are together and that they still do believe in them like again Janine's bet like to get a student under control Barbara had faith in her Johnson had faith in her Melissa had faith in her again all these older teachers I mean Melissa didn't as much have faith but she was more trying to show her that but Melissa eventually goes in softer mode to her and says that I have faith in you, all that thing. And I think that we build on our society. And I think that Janine's a relatable character in the sense that, you know, she needs to feel something like she wants to fix something. And just in her life, a lot of things aren't fixable. So she thinks she can do it in teaching. And you slowly start to realize like how much is sacrificed, et cetera, within this teaching. And again, I just bring up these parallels that I've seen within it all because it's like throw everything out the window that you think you know and just move on forward from that. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I see it. Like, don't overthink is what they always say. And again, I just can't get over how much more relatability I am finding in these shows, especially also within, again, I'm going back to Grey's Anatomy, but with Owen, like, Owen's never been a good character to me. I've never really liked him, but slowly I'm starting to like him and Teddy more, because even though they're train wrecks right now, they're both working through it, and it might not be healthiest, but he's now, like, going back to training, recertification kind of thing, and I think it should be very interesting to see him teaching the interns more, and I like Teddy seems back to six to eight, season six to eight. Teddy, where like now she'll be kind of mentoring more as a trauma surgeon. It just should be very, very d- different, but very unique. Like for the past couple seasons, nobody's really liked her or some of her choices. But I think now that she's healed from some of that, as well as Owen started to heal her, I think even though they're in a rougher patch, I think it'll work out not in a happily if they're like obviously there'll still be bruises etc but 
<laughs> and bumps away. But I think like this is more back to the heart of the hospital kind of the method. And I think even watching back to Weber even acknowledging that some people can take over the teaching, he'll still teach, but they understand that they've had to change it up a little bit. And that's where Nick comes in and then Owen comes in where they're maybe not the <laughs> most clean, perfect, straight A students, but they know what to work with more with these students. And they both like teaching the nitty gritty side. I just think it'll be a good match. I'd hope that Megan Hunt comes back. because She always adds an extra layer of hilarity to it, but I know that that probably won't happen. Um, I also want to explain Bailey is actually becoming more like Bailey again. And before anybody says, I've always liked her, given her the benefit of that. I don't like some of the hypocritical stuff that she does. But again, so many other people are hypocrites in our society, do you think? So it's just kind of like not saying one way or another is good. It's just how it is. But I can see her now. She she was completely burned out. She had every right to do what she did. Now, I don't think she handled it the best the way she talked to Meredith. But again, at the end of the day, it seems like it all kind of got fixed up. And next week, she's coming back with Addison, and they're doing some things. And you already know when Nick was told that he promised Bailey that she could have all the interns, even though it's taken away from his surgical teaching would you really want to say no to Bailey so she's back and I think I love the most just how much the dynamic has shifted into just full-blown full circle moments of teaching not just it seems more back to closer to the beginning but with more empathy and understanding towards how you know Gen Z and millennials are and I think just figuring out the next step is the best part of it. I just don't know fully how much more to say because it's such a new season. And even though there's parallels all the time, you never know what's the next step. I've also been re-watching because it was the 15th anniversary of Wizards of Waverly Place. Rewatching that and seeing some of the new TV shows trying to connect who... And what did the best? Because here's the thing. We need to get back to some of that. Not saying we need all the jokes that were kind of probably wouldn't fly today. But I just mean that we don't need to dumb down these children's shows the same way. Because on one hand, yeah, we couldn't get away with some probably the humor that we did in Elder Gen Z. But on the other hand, when I'm watching them, I'm like, they seriously dumbed it down like kids can understand clever witty humor alex russo lily trotsky all of them they they had good humor all over again they just the dynamics have changed so much and i think one is yes i know i shouldn't be watching but it's me studying what i could do in the future potentially if i tried to write a family show maybe that's it and before anybody goes yeah I know what we're going to get into with Life with Derek. That was made in Canada, which is still separate. But even the people who um, were in charge of it were laughing because now they're doing a reboot. And people keep saying, I want it as messed up as the original one. No, um, they're rewriting it, doing things. But it should be interesting to see how the dynamic plays out. 
but one's married, obviously. It's Casey, and Eric's trying to deal with a teenager that's a lot like him. So I think it'll be more funny and more of, because now the family's been together for so long, that it will be more of a real sibling dynamic. Hopefully. That being said, Jordan Tuzi is um, on TikTok with the guy who plays Edwin, and they're not doing recreations of the scene. And I think that that's hilarious in a lot of ways because it's giving us what we want. Those two actually always, like, were the siblings legitimately. And so it's just a lot going on and processing in life. There also was that baby that was supposed to be born at the end of the series. That kid's now going to be off in college or something. So, because again, they sometimes do those time jump things. But there's just a lot going on. And I think the nostalgia is really good in a lot of ways. But I think the more that I keep studying these, the more I can figure out that maybe in a potential future... Because all these new TV shows are just bratty, over-the-top, and I sound like an old-ass adult, but the point is, yes, there were bratty moments in some of these TV shows with these other kids, but it was that they were written more relatable than what they are now. It's almost as if the over-censorship is going on. And I get it, on the one hand, you can't get away with it. Much, but it just seems like the way that I keep watching new stuff, and it's not even me getting older, it's me figuring out how did they, you know, manage to make it still TVG or PG without dumbing it down this much. So I think the more time that you have to take in that, I think the better it is. But I know that also not every show that gets picked up is good, or every show that gets declined is bad. I'm slowly learning that the more that I'm in this new acting program that I've started to do. And it's just a lot of rejection. And I'm going to talk about that as well when I'm on here, because I know a lot of people are probably in the same boat as me as I talk about the never ending cycles of these TV shows and how I'm relating to some of these 20 something year olds, because a lot of the time, these people's lives didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to. Same with me. I talk about this a lot, but I've been applying to jobs for so long. I am finally getting a small part-time job at a local store, and that'll be fine. I need income. Everyone needs income of some sort, but it's, you know, jokes of, like, people do that in L.A., but the thing is that a lot of times people can say that... You know, that's what you do when you don't get a college degree or a master's degree. And yes and no, but, you know, I'm starting to find myself like Plankton from Spongebob yelling, I went to college and I did and I got my master's. I kept trying to give myself many, many opportunities. And here's the thing, the pandemic happened, and then that's when everything washed over, and I'm so glad. Again, I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing what I enjoy. I'm doing a—hasn't made a lot of income yet? No, but it'll it'll happen. At least that's what I keep telling myself and manifest to myself, as well as what my mom says, which I know people can say, oh, you should listen to your mom. Yeah, because that's what happens when you have still a healthy enough relationship with a parent. 
you sometimes listen to that and you try to put it a positive spin when everything is imploding on you. And yeah, I can vent for hours about all the things that could be going wrong, but I guess in a way, I'm not trying to do the toxic positivity because again, you need to feel your feelings. But you know, I even agreed with her after I was complaining to her this weekend about all the things that I had opportunities that I was trying to make myself. Yeah, but again, at the end of the day, jobs are just hard to find. I don't live in a big enough city that has, like, the big NBC whatever rolling out from it. Also, yes, communications give you a wide variety of ways to do things, especially self-employment. And three, it's just, again, COVID. So everything is just a never-ending cycle. And the way that you choose to do things, again, feel your feelings, especially to me, I feel like there's a big difference between <laughs> between seasons. Again, I am someone who, and I've talked about this, and if you're someone with major depressive disorder, persistent depressive disorder, sad, the seasonal depression, which can still go and coincide with major depressive, all those things. As anyone knows, I've had that. That was one of my first diagnoses, and I'm not going to get too much more into it. But the seasons do really affect me, and I personally am going to start going back to the sauna because that helps with a lot of my chronic issues, etc. I'm not sleeping well, which is always the case whenever it turns to fall, like maybe I mentioned last week. Anytime fall through spring is not my best sleep, and then the minute it turns to summer, it's just good. And I think a lot of people feel that way, but that's why I'm considering moving somewhere warmer because there's obviously ways to manage some of that stress. And I also want to say whatever way that you do manage your stress is probably very valid. And again, I just want to say to all the people who are really against medicines, fine, but I think they are the most helpful thing and that you shouldn't be shamed for what you have to take to sometimes feel better. And also, if you don't know what I've mentioned before, Carpuzzi, Krista, you should follow her again, Adoption Reformation, or Hi, um, Donor Conception Reformation, all of those. But anyway, Krista Carpuzzi mentioned how, you know, BoJack Horseman is the first show that actually did something with when a person became depressed when on antidepressants showed like the gradual weight gain and they stayed that way and it, showing that it's a good thing because they got better regardless of what our feelings are on society and I just thought that I would end our podcast there with that good little message because I think that we have just such this disgusting view which I've said this where we're moving backwards and again I'm a person in a straight size it doesn't mean that I haven't had my own issues etc especially because I'm 5859 and the way that this girl there's a separate thing a girl on TikTok keeps saying she's mid-size at size 4 to 10 that's not true in the U.S. yes you might be wearing extra large yes you might be taller, whatever. But I'm saying this as a taller girl. This is what F's up your mind, and this is what the society wants us to do. And the reason I'm talking about it is because Ozemptic is back again because the Kardashians are using it. And I think that, you know, the thing is, 
Elder Gen Z knows who the Kardashians are. I've stopped watching them just because they've gotten more and more insane. And I personally don't like Chloe's attitude anymore. And I completely agree. Chloe is using that stuff like Kim. And it's just very unachievable, unattainable. Again, I'm going to talk about Bella Hadid because we know she's restricting, but she's also trying to show she eats to little kids so that they don't have to worry about that. That was a huge TikTok thing. And all these little parallels and falling in between the cracks. But this is our society. And yes, people can make judgments all lot on me talking about this, but I think here's the most important part. If we don't, and it's harder, it's easier said than done, don't get me wrong. But I've had to block so much of that stuff from my news feed because I don't believe in it. What I've heard and what I've seen according to the real world, again, mid-size is more like size 12 to 18. And that's why people who are in bigger bodies have stated multiple times you should not be saying 4 to 10 is mid-size. But because we live in the Victoria's Secret era kind of psychotic skinniness, especially the people who were millennials in the 2000s, we believe zero to two is normal. That is not normal. We believe eating 1,200 calories is normal. No, that's a toddler. Follow nutrition tea. Follow Rashid, registered dietitian. Follow Andy Does Healthy. Follow Elena Ed Fear. Dietitian, follow Jenna Warner, Happy, Strong, Healthy, Bonnie, who's a registered dietitian known as Diet Culture Rebel, and Sam from Buying Food Freedom. They are the best. Beautiful eats and things. All of them. They are the best. They break it down for you and they show every little aspect and just the how the grind culture and breaking up with it is the best humanly thing to do especially if you're chronically ill like me becky is great because she's an autoimmune and ibs dietitian and talks about the different levels so it's great i just i could talk about all of them like i do a lot of the time but i just wanted to circle back to that because of all the issues that have been going on again that have been really terrifying me yet again to see and i think we need to just Acknowledge that not everyone has the luxury to not be perfect without meds. You know, like we can't fix it just with a diet. Like sometimes our brains are missing extra dopamine or serotonin. And it's especially wrong to say that to like the people who are holistic and fixing your brain with the vitamins and the supplements like I followed on that horrible track a long time ago before I finally started the right meds and again my brain really can't make serotonin and dopamine and all the like happy chemicals and that sucks in a lot of ways and it especially sucks right now when you're moving from summer to fall like that's the big drop but remember if you need to take meds that doesn't make you less of a human and the side effects that come with it you can't control you are doing what is best for you it's nobody else's damn business or 
allowing to be criticized. Again, easier said than done, as I know many times. And sleep is super important, but I think the fact that we more stress about all the things and people can be like, well, we're now addicted to our phones. We're now addicted. So now, well, we're trying to get as much information without a chance to take a break and you're trying to listen to everyone's opinion when in the end of the day it really doesn't matter your opinion besides yourself and pretty much your family and the only reason that I went on this long tangent at the end was just because I wanted to emphasize yet again because there's so much negative out there and I wanted to turn it into more of a neutral aspect to think about because sometimes it's not black and white. And I know a lot of us feel that way and understand the world that way. And without doing, you know, our own research, figuring out. And here's the thing. We believe anyone that has the word nutritionist, we believe anyone who has any sort of like MD or, Or anyone who has any sort of power. And before you say it, no, I'm talking like Mark Hyman, MD, who's been all the time taken out and called out. We're ta I'm talking about Dr. Oz. I'm talking about nutrition babe, dietitian. I'm talking about all the holistic nutritionists, holistic psych people, etc. I'm talking about all those people that suddenly take over your mind because also influencers tell you you need to do it. And it's just so much misinformation that we don't know what we're, what or when we're going to fix it all. And I think that that is the most important thing to, to jeopardizing our our well-being. Because if you think about it, fear-mongering everything is what actually puts your body into fight or flight, stressed out about everything. And then you can't lose weight. You can't even get better or feel better. Your Or your stress goes up and you just have a lot of cortisol going. That is what all these dietitians have stated and some of these very good doctors, psych nurse and P you should follow as well as Nurse Jess on TikTok. It's just 2019, I think. And she's been just so open and vocal. Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, you should follow. You should follow Babies After 35, the TikTok baby doc mom. She's in Texas. Just all these good. And yes, I know I listed mostly females, but they bring out the best commentary that go along with it not because I'm being biased as a woman but it's just that they managed to find a way to not make it so black and white and I'd love to find more people willing to speak on this but it just doesn't seem that way and with all the misinformation out there I want to give people some of the better resources because at the end of the day we're all just fighting for the real truth and the fact that it's kind of brainwashing at this point, how much we don't know and know and the lies that we're fed within the commercial and multi-level marketing schemes, we'll never know fully. And that's why I try not to follow so much of them. That's why I try to be very careful when I post things. Because the last thing I want to do is be a part of that misinformation. And I'm sorry if I ever was. Because that's learning. And a lot of these 
especially dietitians, have gone through their own eating disorder, disordered eating patterns, because that's just how the cycle is. And if we can just end it or make improvements to it, that'll only make the world better. And I say that with how, you know, we see more diversity in shows, even though it's not working as much on some places, but yes, it can be bare minimum, but, or slow and steady and small baby steps. But again, small things can make big things and big changes. And again, I just wanted to emphasize this because I know the holidays are coming up as well. And we need to just acknowledge and have safe spaces and boundaries and enjoy our food. I am someone who can't have gluten and soy, so that's harder, but I can't be stressing about it every minute. And as long as you know what foods do and don't work with you without the insane list that these other doctors, <clears throat> Dr. Oz, say that you shouldn't be eating, you should be allowed to enjoy your life and your food without these people just dictating what is good and bad. So as I complete this week's episode, I hope that something resonated with you aside from just the TV show stuff. I hope that as fall moves in, you're still getting some good sleep, practicing some healthy, not stressful opportunities to lower all your stress and anxiety that is coming along with the colder weather. And we will be back next week talking about lots of different things. Let me know in your comments below what you'd like me to talk about. Don't be shy to hit like, subscribe, and, you know, follow Gen Z Gab at TikTok and Instagram, as well as Sarah Gallagher 21 on TikTok and Instagram, Sarah's personal handle. Yes, I'm talking in the third person, but you know what I mean when I'm coming to it. Also, be sure to follow our Patreon account where you can see full unedited episodes and videos below. This has been Gen Z Gab episode 25. Let's just enjoy the new week ahead. Bye, guys. Gab on. Oh, 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 oh,